when we've done everything we are taught to do, on the final analysis, the only way the world will believe that God sent Jesus is if verse 21 happens. Do you guys see that? That it may all be one, as you, Father, I in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Why? Why must this happen? That the world may believe that you sent me. So this morning, what I want us to engage and talk about is the big elephant, it's about the big elephant in the room. This huge elephant that's in the room that no one wants to talk about. Because if we, the church, don't get it right, then the world definitely for sure is going to hell in a basket. What's this elephant in the room? Do you know what it is? Can you guess? Hate and race relations. Hate and race relations. Huge elephant in the room. And over this last couple of weeks, last couple of months, we've seen an escalation of issues and events that's forcing the church to come out of the closet. We have been in the closet way too long pretending as if everything is fine and the truth of the matter is everything is not fine. So now, if we believe that God's grace is upon us and that we've been saved by grace, how should grace or how should the church respond given the current issues that's among us? Hello? Now, do you guys understand what I'm saying so far? Is it strange? Are you aware of this elephant? It's on your job? It's in your businesses? It's in the schools? You see them on the news every day? And yet, God has an expectation of his job. Now, before we we start talking, let me go to Revelation chapter 7. Because this is important. That you and I understand this. First of all, we must acknowledge that it is God who has made all the different races. You didn't make them, I didn't make them. We must acknowledge that. And we must also understand that in eternity, the races will not be abolished. Ah, you are going to have an extremely hard time in heaven if you are having a hard time now. Okay, let me read it for you. Because you guys are looking at me like I just fell off off of a rock. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude 
which no one could number. Ha! Of all nations. Oh my goodness. Afghanistan will be there. <laughs> oh dear God. Iraq will be there. Of all nations. Tribes. Peoples. And tongues. There will be people there speaking Hausa. Some will speak Spanish. Some will speak French. There will be so many. The Bible says tongues. Okay? Standing before the throne. So this is not on the earth. This is before the throne. This is in eternity. Okay? And before the Lamb. Clothed with white robes. With palm branches in their hands. And crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So let's just immediately submit that. Race will be in heaven. Peoples, tongues, nations, they are not abolished. God created diversity and celebrates diversity and he enjoys and embraces diversity. So you and I better get with the program here on earth because you're going to have a hard time in heaven if you can't deal with it here. That is, if you make it to heaven. But I think it's important for us to find out what should our position be? What, how should the church respond? What's, what, what's, what kind of response should the things around us generate? I said this last week and I maintain it now. I believe this is the church's finest hour. It is. But we just have to get it right. We have to get it right. So having understood that races will stand, that people from all races, tribes, tongues, nations, we will worship before God in heaven. We understand that, that God is not going to abolish or cancel that. However, right here on planet Earth, we are dealing with a very serious issue of hate and race tensions. How do we address that? What should be our position from your understanding of grace? Now, Jesus prayed a prayer in John 17. And he made it clear that we should be one as him and the father are one. Now when he said we should be one, who is he talking about? The black man and the white man and the brown man and the yellow man and whatever else other man there is. So Jesus is not advocating hear this, he's not calling for sameness no. rather he's calling for oneness. Huge. Huge. And I pray that God will help us to get God's perspective, to get his mind. Because in so doing, we are going to become a force that has to be reckoned with on the earth. Hello? I mean, you guys are looking at me very funny. Are, are, are you, did you guys sleep well last night? You, you ate too heavy this morning. What's, what's, what's going on? Praise God. 
I, I really think we have a lot of well-meaning people just trying to find out how, what should we do and how should we do it and what should we be about. Amen? Amen? So the issue is oneness, not sameness. Now, isn't it amazing that we can play football together? We can have drinking bodies together when we're in the world. We can do all kinds of things together. But when it comes to the major issues, to your tents, O Israel. Hmm? Let me read one more scripture. Now, if you want to talk, the mics are open. Just come stand by the mic, and I'll know you're there, then I'll, I'll shut up. But until you do that, I'm going to keep on talking. <laughs> Let's read one more scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to hear from you. What do you think the church's response should be? Because our, our governments, our communities, they're looking at us. What are we going to do? What, what, what's our response to what's happening? Ephesians chapter 2. And Doc, I'm going to Give it to you in a minute. Verse 13. Can you give that to me in the uh, message translation, please? You, you give me Genesis. I said Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 13. Okay. All right. Let me read it from here. Ephesians 2 13. But now. In Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Okay, now let me read it again now. Now you have the overhead walking message translation. Now because of Christ, dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it all together are in on everything. Next mm. verse. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and the Jewish insiders. He taught, wait a minute, I've not finished. <laughs> <laughs> he taught down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. Did you see that? He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then it started over. Instead of continuing, watch this, instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. The new King James says he created one man. Out of two, he made one man. One man. Okay, thanks. So the point here being, Paul was talking about the Jews and the Gentiles who were at one time enemies of one another. Divided by tradition, by background, by religiosity, they were divided. 
But then something happened. The Bible says because of the blood of Jesus, two groups of people who had been divided now came together as one. They became one. They became one. So Jesus' blood became the key that brought two factoring, two fractions, two uh, groups of people together and made them one. I was listening to uh, Tony Evans out of Dallas. He's also the, he's also the chaplain for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And he gave an example that was so powerful. Use the uh, use the example of mayonnaise. You, you guys, you know mayonnaise. You put it on your hamburgers and on your sandwiches. And I didn't know this until I heard him describe this. Mayonnaise is made from oil and water. Two substances that never mix. You can never put them together under no circumstance. It never just happens. And yet, this incredible thing called mayonnaise that we eat on hot dogs and hamburgers and sandwiches was made out of water and oil. Why? How? Because there was an emulsifier called eggs that both water and oil could relate to. Mm. The water can relate to the egg. So yeah, I can accept you. The oil can relate to the egg. I can accept you. And through that egg brought both the water and the eggs together and bingo you have mayonnaise <laughs> sandwich is good to go you're going to leave here in a few minutes go get some mayonnaise now the application of that is the cross for us the Jew and the Gentile they were enemies nothing to do in common worship separately believe separately but the cross and the blood of Jesus became the emulsifier that each one of them can identify with and by the identification to that blood they both became connected. That's the reason what you read in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 will come to pass. Every tongue, nation, tribe, people. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is not geographically uh, sensitive. It does not matter where you are. It does not matter your background. It does not matter what you've been, where you're going, where you're coming from, whether you're tall or black, blue, yellow, white. It does not matter. It's a, it's a leveler. It levels everyone. And so if we all buy into the blood that blood will do for the different races what the egg is done for mayonnaise. Mm. Our problem is we use the name of the blood but we've abandoned the blood. We use the name, the blood of Jesus. Yeah, we use it. We call on him, Jesus. But we have long abandoned who he is and what he stands for. Sir. 
Thank you, sir. The, um, Remember, the mics are open. Jesus in the in the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Reminded us that we are the salt of the earth. Correct. The light of the world. Yeah. And he said a few things about salt and, and light. He said, if the salt has become tasteless, mm -hmm. how would it be made salty again? Mm -hmm. He said, it is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. About light, he said, you don't light a candle and put it under the bed, but you put it on the hill. Yeah so that it will shine. And therefore, he says, let your light so shine mm -hmm. that men will see the work of God, the grace of God, yeah. and then they will come to their Father. I think we are missing out on something. I think we are missing out on something. And then Paul will want to remind us in Romans 12, that we should not be conformed to the pattern of this world. We should not be. He said, by the mercies of God, because of what God has done for each and every one of us believers, he said, we should, that we should not be conformed to the pattern of this world, meaning that we should not be sucked in into the mold of this world. The world has a different standard, and we as children of God, God has a different standard, and these two standards are different. Rather, we should let our minds be renewed, be renewed, so that we will know the will and the purpose of God, and to know that the will of God is good and acceptable. Amen. The will of God is not to destroy people. It says that he doesn't wish that, he wishes that all will do what? Come to the saving grace. Yes. Saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ is not to uh, destroy them. But I think we need to also remind ourselves that everything that is happening to the world today, God is not surprised about it. It's Absolutely. Not. It's not. He's a sovereign God. He knows the beginning from the end. He's, he's the eternal God. He knew that these times will come. He's talked about it in the epistles. He said, difficult times will come. Tribulations. But you know what he says? Christ said, because I live, you will live. And we are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. The salt seasons. The salt heals. The light pushes away darkness. Amen. If we ourselves become dark, then what is the world going to become? If our salt becomes tasteless, where would we be? Yeah. Where would we be? You know, that prayer that all will be one, has that prayer been answered? I want to ask the church. Jesus' prayer. John 17. So, Jesus' prayers cannot be answered. John 14, 20 says, in that day, in that day, talking about the day, the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
So you would know that I am in you, you in me, and then we are in the Father, yeah. meaning that we are one. It's just that perhaps many of us do not know that. That there is no, there is no dividing line between the black, the white, the red, the blue. That is the blood of Jesus Christ, which is like a thread that runs through each and every one of us, making us one. And that we have been made kingdoms of priests. Yeah. Right? John said he loved us, that's the Father. John 1 5, no, uh, Revelation, Revelation 1, 1 5 says he loved us and then he washed us and made us kings and priests. And that was kingdom priests, kingdom subject to him and to bring people unto God. That is what the priest does. That is what we are. So we don't go about killing, because if we kill, how do we bring them to God? We are not to conform to the pattern of this world. The world says an eye for an eye, and even others say, no, 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 two eyes for one eye. <laughs> the law of Moses said an eye for an eye. But if you want to follow the law, let's follow the law. You know? But we are not under the law. That it is two eyes for one eye, or five eyes for one eye. If you want to follow it, but we are not under the law. We are under grace. Jesus, when he hung on that cross, he said what? Forgive them, for they know not what they, what they are doing. I think this is a time for us to stand firm on who God says we are. To forgive. To bring people together. To relate. Knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ joins us all together. And that is by his grace. Now, let, let me also say this. We are definitely not saying that we must not recognize our differences. That is absolutely important that we recognize that. In fact, let me, let me even take that a little further. Are there things that are wrong in our society? Absolutely, yes. Are there things that need to change? Absolutely, yes. I think I heard uh, Mike Bickwell say something last week. That an injustice to one is an injustice to all. And I think we, should, we, can, we, can, all, we can all embrace that. The, the issue here, however... No matter what's happening, no matter what's, what we're hearing, saying, and uh, whatever our personal experiences are, what's important is to understand, okay, these things are happening. It, they are facts. You cannot deny those. I, I don't want us to be in denial. That's not the issue here. The issue is, how do we address these seemingly uh, terrible wrong things that's happening in our society, whether it's the hate or the race? How do we address them? That's the issue. So uh, it's important we understand that, that those things do happen. And number two, we must acknowledge the, our differences. We need to understand that God made us differently. Uh, uh, listen, that's why Jesus was not praying for sameness. My hand is different from my leg. Thank God. You guys are not here. I'm one body. One. But different parts. Ears, nose, mouth, hands, feet. 
They are different. But you don't, because they are different, cut them away and say, I don't need them. So in that sense, we are whites, blacks, brown, yellow, blue, whatever. And we must acknowledge that these races are there and they are uniquely different. God celebrates diversity. So rather than allow our difference to separate us, what God wants me to do is to embrace our differences and celebrate our differences. My God, when, when I want to get a good shout, when I want some good shouting music, I want, I want to find me a soul woman that can sing and touch my, the core of my soul. And I will shout and say, glory, hallelujah. But if I want to worship, I want to get me Kim Walker Smith and say, well, just, 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 just turn it on. Amen? So, so you must understand these diversities and the differences they bring and how they complete us and, and make us one and make us who God has called us to be. Amen? So it's important for us to understand that we are different. But we should not allow those differences to separate us. And it's also important for us to understand, yes, there are things that are wrong in our society. The injustice is there. And we need to address those things. The point, the, what we are talking about this morning is how do we address these things that are wrong so that we ourselves don't become like the world? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, listen, it's easy for us to allow our sentiment, our personal prejudices, our personal preferences to trump and overtake God's wisdom and God's plan in the matter. Let me give you a good example, and then I'm glad somebody's on the, on the thing. How many of you today celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King? I do. My goodness. What's wrong with this congregation? Somebody... <laughs> Dr. Phil, I need you here. <laughs> Praise God. Dr. Phil needs to come and see some of you guys, man. <laughs> Thank God for Dr. King. Martin Luther King. Thank God for him. He lived in a time when things were terribly, terribly far worse than it is now. And this is the point I'm making. He employed God's wisdom to address the issue not his personal sentiment. That's right. And that's why we are where we are today. Let me give you a good example. What did he call that movement back then? The civil rights movement. Ah, you get a dollar. Since I can't get anybody to talk, I'm paying you. May I just sit down here and talk for me? <laughs> civil rights movement. Do you see the man of God in that? What would have happened if Dr. King called it Black Rights Movement? The goal is the issue, not the process. If you are calling it the Black Rights Movement, even though the issue was to deal with the injustice happening to blacks, he will immediately have alienated the very people you will need in order to bring change. 
But by calling it a civil rights movement, he had a larger umbrella where people can participate to bring a change in a way that is not divisive but rather cohesive. You hear what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to suggest to us is yes, things need to change. But we must never separate who we are as blood-bought believers of the Lamb of God from the issue we are addressing. Once you do that, you are conforming to the world. We cannot conform to the world. That's why my prayer and your prayer should be a simple prayer of God. What's the wisdom that needs to be applied here? What's the wisdom? Yes, because God has a vested interest. He wants to see us come together. But he wants us to use his means, not my means. Lo, this is not the time for our chapter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the time for the church, spirit-filled, blood-bought, to stand up and say, we are going to employ the mind of God to bring about the change we need to see happen. Yes, sir. You've been standing for a long time. Sorry. Thank you. And all others, please just take a position and let's, yeah, let's, let's dialogue. Um, just Professor Sam Badaki, are you going to come to this mic? You have nothing to say? Are you sure? <laughs> Don't call me later at homo. But we'll leave here and start talking to each other. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of being said. Like one, one of the thoughts that I, I guess I'm going to just kind of bring out and try to articulate is, well, first of all, you know, where we are, where we are. But I mean, where we are individually, where I am, where, where I work, uh, uh, my community, you know, where, where I live, people I touch, and uh, and I'm involved with. And and to uh, kind of point what Pastor said about about sports, uh, sports has always been and is, you know, a a Thing where it brings people together, you know, it, it brings all kind of people together as we see, and even, you know, even on the sports team, you know, the coach, the head coach, still has to deal with certain issues that come up. Okay. <clears throat> because you, because in sports you win and lose, you know, you win and lose, and you try to point fingers. Uh, you don't point fingers when you win. Uh, when you lose, <laughs> that's when, you know, all hell breaks out when you lose and you start pointing fingers at, you know, your teammates and all that. But the head coach, which is the person that's in control, that's the head, the leader, he has to deal with with issues, you know, and those, a lot of the issues that come up are race issues. You know, some of them are race issues, and some of them are issues that, 
this person is is subpar to another person. So it's still division. It's still it's still some form of, of a race. You know, it may not be the color, but it means it may be that you are not as good as I am or whatnot. So you know, so the so the coach has to you know to deal with that and the you know and the players you know the players as we have seen on certain teams have to speak out you know and and and, and stop being quiet about what is going on and i think that um being raised up um so-called in the church you know from my youth up you know and from north carolina uh which it was a a lot of separation with white churches, black churches, and a lot of the a lot of the clergy would not in that day in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 70s and 80s would not come and speak at black churches. Um, but the thing is, is that the saints kept quiet about why we have the same Bible. Read the same Bible. <laughs> I mean, what is the problem? You know, and so I think it, it has, you know, it has to be, you know, I think John was talking, the word of God, John was talking about that Christ in God, God in Christ, all of it us. Yes. And if the world doesn't see that, so, it, so it's got to be the body got to understand where we are, where we are positioned in grace, in Christ. So we understand we are the team. We are the members Correct. of the body, of the team. We are the members. Yes. And so if the members of the team are not together, not one, when we go out on the field to play against the world, we're divided. You know, we don't know, we can't stand as a one team. Because if we're losing, I'm going to start pulling fingers to you ain't doing your job, you ain't doing it. You know, and so we're divided. So the world see that, and the world take advantage of that, and they'll pounce on that, and you'll be continually defeated. You know, so I, 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 I'm, I'm believing, hoping that we can get, you know, some power of of clergymen or some panel of pastors, white, black, Hispanic, whatever, I mean, to come together and let's, let's dialogue, let's talk. You know, let's talk, let's bring out the, the, the things that, the differences and celebrate the differences that, that the race, every race has. You know, and when we go about, we can learn, you know, from each other and be a team. And now when we go out and present, you know, now we, we have that. We have that you. Now we have that look. Now the world looking like, okay, it's it's something different. Now, now it's really something different about, you know, what's going on, the conversations are, are different. And now they can't attack, you know, one race or that race or this. You know, we, we all standing, you know, as one as the, as the body of Christ because of grace, because of blood, Jesus, because of that, you know, that middle wall potentially have been broken down and the blood. It's really, you know, our anchor and our stronghold with each other. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for your contribution.
what I'd just like to say, uh, what I'd like to say there, uh, Stefan, is that I don't think we should wait for a clergy. You see, Paul talks in Ephesians chapter 4 about how God gave the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for the perfecting of the saints, which is the maturing of the saints, for the work of their ministry. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15, Paul commends the household of Stephanas for how he's been addicted with the ministry of the saints. So this, point, this is the point I'm making. This morning, we are ministering to the saints. Okay? So the saints should receive the ministry or the instruction or the training. And you now go out and practice and do the ministry of the saints. Nothing will get done if we are waiting for T.D. Jakes, Joel Austin, Creflo A. Dollar Jr., Kenneth Copeland, Tony Evans, J.D. Greer, all these great men. They are all great. I thank God for them. Their role is to brief us. Our role is to take the briefing and go leave it out. So what I'm saying to you is, you go to work tomorrow morning and you leave out what you just shared. And I go to work tomorrow morning and leave out what you just shared. It is as each one of us, oh my God, Paul broke it down in Ephesians chapter 4. He said it's each part bringing its own supply that edifies the whole body until we become full. You see, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. You have a part to play. As each one of us in our different settings, you work at GM, you work at uh, uh, at and you work at Walmart, you work at uh, Nordstrom, you work at, who knows, defense contract, uh, Boeing, whatever. In those settings, all over the face of this country, on every given day, any given time, is at each believer planted in those places, recognizes that they are not there for their own private personal agenda, but they are there for a kingdom agenda. Yes. Kingdom agenda means the demonstration of the rule of God over every life and situation where I am. I'm just an agent of God at General Motors. I'm just an agent of God at Boeing. I'm just an agent of God at this state department. Wherever you are, the, our problem is the consciousness of who we are has not hit us. Really, it hasn't. We are separating who I am here in the flesh from who God has created me to be. Therefore, I have two, dual identity. There's a bank Akimola that's in Lawrenceville, and there's a bank Akimola whose name is written in Lamb's Book of Life, registered in heaven. God's plan is that both be one. And that wherever I am, Miami, Thailand, Atlanta, Lagos, wherever village I am in at any given time, it is that single identity that was bought through the blood of Jesus that's manifesting. Amen. You can't separate that. Even if sometimes you don't like what you are saying or doing. That's where the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10. Casting down all imagination. What, what I'm imagining. What I'm thinking. What I'm feeling. What I'm sensing. My sentiment, my emotions about this thing. Man, 
this, this guy did me wrong, man. Man, I like to show him a piece of my mind. Paul said, cast it down. Now, when you are casting it down, you are not just going to say, oh my goodness, I'm enjoying it. No! Of course not. Of course not. But you submit to the higher power who bought you when you were unlovely. Who redeemed you when you were bound for death. Who canceled your debt and paid them in full when you could not help yourself. He said, because of what I've done for you, cast your thoughts down. So you submit your thoughts to his thoughts. And you go through it and, you know, be empowered by him to live through that. That's what should be happening every day, 24-7. Thank God for our superstar ministers and preachers. We thank God for them. They are great. They've paid a big price to be where they are. But I am telling you that the next move of God is not the superstar movement, but the movement of the saints of the living God. Yes. So do you understand what I'm saying? So we all can go out tomorrow and do what we just said. We all can do that. Yes, Dr. Jada, medical man. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have a black night mask. Yes. And I think you do more good if it is black mask. Okay. Black mask. All black mask. Okay. Okay, well, that, that, that's all right. We can disagree on the label, but we understand their intention. I may not agree with it. And this is what dialogue creates. This is what diversity brings. Yes, uh, and that's what I was referring to about wisdom. Wisdom. There's been injustice. Something's happened that's brought pain to, uh, to, to, to a people who has felt marginalized in the system for a long time. You hear what I'm saying? And they feel that something needs to be done about it. Yes. No doubt about it. However, they have elected to choose that label. Now, if I was leading that thing, I would not use that label. Why? Because of what I just explained to you. I have to find a label. I have to use the wisdom of God. Let me tell you, let, let's, let's go to a scripture. I, I want everything we discuss here to be Bible-based. Because once you get outside of the Bible, we come up with all kinds of speculation. Let's go to James chapter 3. Give me James chapter 3. I hear what you're saying. My position is your position. However, there's diversity in, the, in a dialogue. And therefore, I have to respect the opinion of those people who brought a different name to the table. I cannot shut them down because I don't like it or because I don't agree with it. That's part of the problem. You see what I'm saying? I need to understand where they're coming from. Even though I disagree with it, let them talk. Let them you know, give their own uh, opinion, their own position, and say, you know what, I hear what you're saying. I respect what you're saying. However, I would have done it differently. And this is the reason I'm saying that. James chapter 3. Uh, I'm not even there. Aha. Give me verse. Give me verse 13. Watch this. 
Who is wise and understanding among you? Anybody here? Can anybody answer that question? <laughs> Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Remember the Bible in Proverbs? Wisdom is a principal thing. In order to get into what? Get understanding. Now, verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15. Watch this. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every, everything are there. Verse 17. Ah, you want to define wisdom? Here, here you go. But the wisdom that is above, above is first what? Thank you. Next is what? Ah. Next is what? Thank you. Next is what? Thank you. Next is what? And what? And what? And what? Ah. I rest my case. So anything you see on the table that does not meet this threshold is not from God. Simple. Does it bring purity? Does it, does it promote peace? Is it gentle? Is it willing to yield? Because even the son of God, the son of man, Jesus, yielded. He was in the garden. He saw the agonizing pain that was about to come upon him. And he cried to his father, is it possible that we change our plans? Is it possible for this cup to pass over me? And the father said, we're going to go with the plan. What did he do? He yielded. So don't tell me that you and I can bring a plan to the table that is not willing to yield. Your way or the byway. If you are saying that, it's not God's wisdom. This is the definition. It's from the Bible. I didn't make it up. Willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits. This is why till this day I commend Dr. Martin Luther King. Jews, look at what he did and bring this definition and see where it's all at. They were stoning him. He refused to answer. They threatened him. He said, I will go by peace. He refused to retaliate. He refused to play at their level. Once you are playing at their level, you are conforming to the world. God cannot fight for you any longer. You're on your own. You're on your own. Without partiality. Without hypocrisy. I, want to, I don't want to go there because there are some things I can say about that. But we'll be here all day. It will, it will trigger so many more questions. Let me just leave that alone. So what I'm saying to us is whatever solution, we are the answer to this problem, the church. Through the blood of Jesus. We are the answer. But we must employ the wisdom of God in what we bring to the table. Whatever wisdom we bring to the table must meet these qualifications. Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So what I'm saying, sir, yes, I would not have used that name, but since that's what they used, let me also say this. God is able 
to use their foolishness and their mistakes. If they made a mistake in choosing the wrong name, God is bigger than that. He's bigger than that. He can use that so-called wrong name to still accomplish his purpose because he's God. He's God. That's why we need to give room for one another, be accommodating, and just say, you know what, okay, I hear what you're saying. I disagree in this area. How, how about this? And let's talk. I mean, if we can come to the table and talk, we can live with an agreement. We may come to the table with disagreements, but the blood can commingle with of us like the mayonnaise. We live with agreement when we live. Amen? Amen. This president of the United States. <laughs> Leave man and welcome, my friend. It's good to see you. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. No, I, I just want to really thank God for, for, for when sun's going and out. I remember when Shade Ogumekon, well, no, I'm sorry, not Shade Ogumekon now. Shade Maps. Shade Maps. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I stand corrected, I stand corrected. I, I play the blood, I play the blood, I play the blood. <laughs> when she was sojourning in Nigeria, she'd come in and out and just walk to the platform and minister. Salvation will come in and out, get to the platform and minister. Judith was here last week, just got to the platform and minister. You know why they, why they could do that? Their sons. Servants don't live in a the house. They go. But sons may not be in a house at a given moment, but they abide forever. That's right. Therefore, they don't need anybody's permission. They didn't have to come to me and say, Pastor Lee is here and I can give a spoken word. Uh, uh, Judith is here, can she sing? Salvation is here, can, can she get... No. Sons, once, a, once you are a son, you are a son forever. You are a son forever. And because you are a son forever, the liberty of God is upon you forever. Amen. And so, my friend, oh, by the way, this guy left here with just a bachelor's degree. Now he's got MDiv, Master of Divinity. Reverend Manadon. So the Manadons have, they have a bishop. Now they have a reverend. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it's going to have a bad. Yes. Um, to back up your disagreement. Yes. Or my issue with uh, what you said, in a sense, kind of brought things into full circle. Um, I don't have the issue of Black Lives Matter as far as the title, because really, in a sense, it was a cry. It wasn't really a movement, so to speak. It became a movement, you know, uh, in the process. Correct. But it was really a cry to say, hey, Black Lives Matter, what is going on? Um, my question is, Black Lives Matter is a political movement looking for political results. And you, you're touching on it, and I'm assuming that you'll conclude with an with a, with a answer to my question. Okay. Is what, what is the church going to do as a body, not denomination that live separately three different messages, but as a body, <laughs> yes. to now become a Yes. Not saying I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, but as a political force that makes political changes because Black Lives Matter came as a result because the church was empty in pursuing the issues of justice. So what can the church do? And this may not be something that we can answer in today, but yes. to put it in our minds, 
what can the church do as a body of Christ to now yield political results? Because that was the success of the civil rights movement, is that the civil rights movement was birthed in the church, birthed on prayers, birthed on Bible studies with an issue of the community. Yes. And right now, the church is not there. Yes. So All right. As a, you know, as, as the body of Christ to say we demand political results to the issues that are affecting not just people we don't know, but members that are here yes. in, this, in this body. Okay. And, you know, across the board. But yes. Good. Thanks. For, no, no, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. Reverend, don't go, Reverend. <laughs> so, which issue did you disagree on? Let me just. Understand. Well, the, 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 the conflict over the use of the name. Oh, okay, okay. Which, of course, came back in. Sure. That, that's not even a conflict. Mm -hmm. That's a matter of opinion. Yeah. Okay, so they have this name. I'm saying if I led that cause, I would not use that name because I've, I find it divisive. Mm -hmm. However, even having said that, God is more than able to take all of that into consideration and still get his own result. There's no doubt about that. Now, to your question. I think one of the greatest um, uh, injustice, no, not, not, not injustice, one of the greatest dangers for all of us is these demarcations we make. We talk about political, we talk about church. In the mind of God, it was not so. Jesus did not come for politics in one arena and in church in another arena. That's why I said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is the all-encompassing rule of God in the life of man. Period. Whether it's politics, church, sports, wherever you find yourself. As far as God is concerned, you are under his kingdom. That is why after the cross, he quoted the scripture. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. He loved us, washed us, and what did he do? He made us become kings, political, and priests. So you and I now, we have been called into this unique arena of being a member of the body of Christ, a priest, but operating in the realm platform arena of the world. There's no difference. And I'm saying to us, the way we bring change, we, we cannot, uh, 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 so we need to correct, okay, let, let, let me, there are two things here from your question. So we need to have maybe some kind of laws changed, and I don't know what those laws will be. I, 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 I cannot speak to that right now. So we need to have that. So we have to have laws in the book that protect the rights of everybody. But look at this picture. What does that look like to have a law in place that protects the Lies of everybody, but in our hearts we still hate one another. What have we accomplished? You are putting a band-aid over a serious problem. You cannot legislate the heart. No. We've been trying to do that for years. And in fact, there are laws on the book, so to speak, that should protect the lives of everybody. They will tell you they have it. They will quote the, quote the section and the page. But it's a human being who has to enforce it. Not a robot. And as long as the heart of that human is desperately wicked, 
Who can know it? So the solution will include enactments of new law, but I tell you, and I, 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 I present, I, 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 I tell you, that will come far short of God's plan. Okay, let, let, let me answer your question with a question. Where was the law in 1993 in Burundi? Where the nation claimed to be 80% Christians and in one year killed 800,000 people. You're talking about white and black in America. Oh, excuse me. How about black on black? Tutus and Hootsies. 800,000 in one year. But they were 80% Christian nation. They go to church every Sunday morning. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, oh my soul. Bless his holy. Oh, Sunday morning. They are in church looking at, oh, that's a tutu. Yes. When we leave church, I'll send you to heaven. Hoopsie. <laughs> ha, I see you in church today. You meet Jesus today after the, you go and sing the song to him today. They kill themselves. And the world was watching what it was going on. So what I'm saying to us is, listen, we need, yeah, I agree. We must pray. We must apply the wisdom of God. Because if we don't touch the hearts of men, I don't care how many laws you have. Yeah. Go to Nigeria. We see laws. <laughs> the police officer will deal with laws in Nigeria. <laughs> On a practical note, the church must engage the law enforcement and have dialogue with our communities and begin to see where can we come together to make sure that the rights of everyone is respected. And what we need to do in our community, maybe county by county, to change some of these things. We, can, we, we should do that. But remember, that in itself and alone falls short of the, of the goal. Our hearts must change. And it begins with us now. Now, you cannot say I'm a child of God and look at my next door neighbor and have this prejudice in your heart that they're up to no good just because of how they look. That's where it starts. And listen, if I feel that way in my heart, if, 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 if there's something in me that just say, oh man, I just don't like that guy. Man, okay. I, I can't fight over that. I feel that. Be honest to yourself. Say, Jesus, this is what your blood died for. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Just be honest. That's a spiritual transaction. Receive cleansing. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit on the spot. Don't keep on going on and think it's normal. It is not normal. It is abnormal. And the problem with the church, the abnormality has become the new normal. What's our problem? Because if we don't fix that, you can have 10,000 new laws. We find a way to go around it and still do what we want to do. So we, we must be working on both levels. You and I must be constantly, constantly examining our hearts and making sure that we have no uh, wrong um, inclination I'm beginning to understand how we can celebrate our differences. 
He's different from me. I'm different from them. But you know what? We are both a child, child of God. Yeah. So do you understand what I'm saying here? Thanks, Rev. Goodness, Olumide. You will sing, for, you will sing after you ask a question. Okay. I'll sing. You sing. I'll sing. <laughs> yes. Two things I want to say, really. Yes. I'm not for or against arguments on both sides about Black Lives Matter. I think it's just a matter of opinion. Correct. So I just think that I'm not also going to talk as a preacher. I'm talking about church. But let me just talk to us, people that came from all other countries, not born here, Nigeria, Jamaica, all. I sense a disconnect in regards to how we see issues with the blacks in America. African-Americans, okay. Uh, I'm from Nigeria. My father was the chief inspector of education. When I was born, I knew him to be a big man. Now, my neighbor here, who is a black guy, his father was a slave with chain on his neck. Correct. There is no way I can understand how he feels. Uh, so when we sit down <laughs> and consider ourselves as black and we are beginning to reason and we try to adjudicate on how they should be, you see, you were not deprived of education. Their communities were intentionally brought down and they were deprived of economic power and liberation. Yes. You cannot understand them. And that is the way I look at things. Okay. That's my number one point. All right. And I want us to embrace that part. Well, but can, you, can we answer them one by one? Okay. So, so the <laughs> that's a very good point. And that's why I said at the beginning, we must embrace and understand and acknowledge the injustice. I said that. Having said that, I continue to caution all of us. My opinion, the African-American opinion, the white man's opinion, the brown man's opinion does not trump this opinion. It doesn't. Because all of us can go back and find all kinds of instances. Has the African-American here gone worse than the Israelites did in Egypt? It's here. It's here in the Bible. 430 years. Listen, as long as we continue to worship the past, we will never see the future. Am I denying that it happened? No, I'm not denying. I'm not in denial. No, absolutely not. I'm not in denial. What I'm saying to us is as a people, we shall allow the past to inform us, to inspire us to higher heights. Yes. Yes. What we are talking about is what's giving the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons the opportunity to be opportunists who continue to exploit what happened in the past for their own personal advantage. Mm. Have they paid the price that Martin Luther King paid? No. Mm -mm. No. no. Why are they still here? Martin Luther died at 36. He saw the death coming and he stood and took it. Why? Because you recognize someone must lay their life down. Mm. Why are these guys, why do, why, why do they, anyway, let me leave that alone. <laughs> but what I'm just saying is, we need to be careful
to understand that in spite of the instances that we can come up with, Bible has many more. And God was faithful, is faithful, and will remain faithful in Jesus' name. He will continue to be faithful. Yes, sir, number two. So my second point will now come from the scripture. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you get me with the scriptures, okay. Since you mentioned the case of Israelite in Egypt. Yes, there. But the people of Jacob, the experience they had in Egypt was an experience of oppression, social oppression, religious oppression, economic oppression. I mean, they were broken down completely. And in their emancipation, they tried several times to have a rapport with government. Pharaoh. Yeah. They sat on the table a few times. <laughs> tried to change the law. Yeah. This is what we're feeling. This is what is right. This is what is wrong. Every communication failed. And you said for 430 years, they suffered. Yes. Until God decided to move with a strong hand. And when he did, it was violence for violence. Now, I am not suggesting violence. I am not saying we should go on the street and carry guns or whatever. But what I'm saying is this. There is no doubt about it that my experience for the short time I've been in America has proven to me a fact and a truth that the forces that are oppressing is not going to easily give up. Having a rapport with them has not worked. It will not work. I met a lawyer during the week, and I had a discussion with him, and he broke the whole judicial atmosphere around prosecution. And I said, wow, the system is rigged. Yeah. Yeah. He said, do you know that when they set up a grand jury, the DA sets up a grand jury? And the DA determines what the grand jury would decide upon. He said, the guy, the, the guy that just killed a black man. Sorry, let me use that. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. The policeman that just murdered a black man. Yes. Video shows that it was real, it was real case of murder. But the DA now says, well, I want you to look at it and find out whether he intentionally, before he left his house, decided to kill <laughs> And by the time the grand jury, that is what he wants to prosecute for. Sure, 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 sure. So he submitted it to the grand jury. And the committee, the grand jury says, well, there is no way we can prove that he actually intended to kill the man before he left his house. So he's acquainted and discharged. Yes. But then we know that this was a case of murder. Correct. This is not an easy case. In oppression, there is a limit to what human body can take. But here's my advice to Black Lives Matter, to black agents of activism and all that. This is my belief. That I think power is gradually beginning to change hands. And it is of God. Because God will not stand with those that are oppressed. He's always with the oppressed. Yes. And I think with power trying to change hands, I think we just simply have to talk to our black folks, Americans, to just realize that fact, and I think that's what I will be preaching to them. 
that hey, no violence, do what you gotta do to show the authority that this is not right. But keep the violence down. There is no doubt about it that you're gonna prevail. And I believe the black man will prevail. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for that contribution. Let me, let me just say this. Uh, you made a very good point, especially as in the DA um, rigging the system. But the solution is in our hands. Who voted the DA in? <laughs> I, I mean, no. No. The, 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 at the end of the day, there is the DA, who is the head of all the rest of the sub-agents there, and if we remove him because we don't like the way he represents us, the message will get across. The problem is when it's election day, where are you? Where are you? Where are we? Come election time. <laughs> Unless it's presidential election, many of us don't vote. In fact, for presidential, many of us do not even vote. So we live in a democracy. We will engage law enforcement. We'll engage the community. We try to bring change. I mean, I have some suggestions as far as, I mean, even this DA thing. I would think one simple thing they could do is have an independent investigating agency that investigates, investigates all police shootings. That takes that right out of the hand of the DA. Because you're asking the DA to investigate the people that work with him every day. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway. Ah, finally. <laughs> finally, brethren. <laughs> Samuel, you talk about Daki, ladies by, and gentlemen. By the way, if you're still looking for someone to be president of the United States, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that the options are not very good right now. Amen. But, um, so I'm happy that you went to this place, and I, I want to return to that space because. For me, it seems like we're skirting the issues, really. The way I see it, a nation is a reflection of the church that's in it. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. So when we're talking about our national problems, as though <laughs> just as a church, another component to try to solve the issue, to me, we miss the big picture. I think we should actually stand back and say, listen, if these things are happening in our nation, that speaks to our failure as the representatives of God mm -hmm. in this nation. Yeah. If it is true as proper from the scriptures that we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world, if there is no salt in the earth and if there is no light in the world, well, it has to be because we have not sufficiently uh, performed in our primary roles and in our primary uh, uh, duties. So the real problem is not America. Mm. The problem is the church that is in America. And I'm grateful to God that these problems are coming up because to me what they're saying is it's exposing us for what we haven't done. It's speaking to us as the gaps we have left is speaking to us of how we have chased after the wrong things. When it's all said and done, and this is what I'm saying that I'm happy that you went there, we can find issues on the left, on the right, in the middle, in the back, in all kinds of places. <laughs> but all issues, when it's all said and done, all issues are a 
matter of the heart. There is no other institution on the surface of the earth that is designed specifically for addressing that. Except the church. But the church. And the problem is, those of us who are in the church don't even know who we are. Yep. We don't know why we have remained in the earth after we get born again. Ah. So we're part of the people just, you know, we're in this rat race. We have not come from amongst them to stand apart. We have no relevance. We have no real identity. Nobody cares whether we are around or not. We ourselves don't care because we don't know who we are. We don't know what we're supposed to be about. And we're gathering together here. We're talking about their problems in America. What should we do about Black Lives Matter? What should we do about the brown lives that is important? What should we I'm saying, what should we do as a church who is lost? Because for so long as we are lost, for so long as we don't know who we are, America will never find itself. Yep. And we're going to come together all the time try to, oh, should we be Republicans? Right. Should we be Democrats? Should this person should be saying this? Uh, should this movement That's right. be working? Uh, what happened to this group? That's not the issue. That's right. Jesus died for the world. That's right. As we have said here time and again. Yeah. We who are the recipients of the grace of God <laughs> need to understand that the only reason we are kept in the earth today yep. is so that, so that we can bring the kingdom of God to reign in the earth. Yep. Up and until that happens, we're speaking grammar. Amen. So as the church of Jesus Christ, Amen. when we're going to do this, if we're going to do this and do it right, Every one of us has to understand that as a king, I have the right to rise to the highest pinnacle in wherever it is that I am. Yep. When I rise to that place, that's when I have influence. That's when my judgment, when my very presence in the place as the vessel of the Holy Spirit will bring about the change that's required in every sphere of influence. Once we do that, like I said, we're speaking ground. Amen. Will, yeah. will somebody give him one dollar for me? <laughs> Wait a minute. Who will give me a dollar? Nobody. Praise <laughs> God. Please, please, can you give me Romans chapter 5? Okay. Romans uh, chapter 5. We're almost wrapping up. Verse 17. <laughs> and and let's, and let's just come back to why, why we are here. You know, Jesus says that the end will not come until this gospel is preached. Until this gospel, and what is the gospel? The good news of the grace of God. The good news of the grace of God. Until it is preached. And I think it's just now that that grace of God is beginning to be understood. In fact, that grace of God, the good news of the grace of God is beginning to be understood. I mean, many of us are still saying, I really don't understand this grace message. I really don't understand this grace message. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm talking about people that are supposed to be matured in the church. And so if we are still saying, uh, this grace message, I really don't get it, then, then we have not really understood the gospel. Because the gospel is the gospel, the good news of the grace of God. Yes. This is what uh, Paul said. He said, if 
by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. And he's referring to Adam, right? Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Could it be that the, that the reason why the church is reigning, it's not reigning, and you and I are not reigning in this life, reigning above, you know, rejection, reigning above addictions, reigning above, you know, this idea of I am white, you are black. Could it be the reason is that we have not really received the abundance of grace? That's right. Could That's it right. be that? Could it yep. just be that we don't even understand what grace is? And the church does not know that by grace you are saved, that by grace you have become a new creation, that you are not a product of your past, that you are a product of Jesus Christ's cross. Could it be just that, that we have not really, because to receive means you take possession of it. Could it be that we don't even understand our identity? Could it just be that? Or just that maybe we don't understand our righteousness. That we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Could it be just that we don't know that we are all right? Whether we are black, whether we are white. That because we have received the abundance, you know, that abundance is, really means abundance. It means exceedingly beyond measure. Could it be that maybe we, we, we have just a little bit of the grace? I think that is why probably the church is not reigning the way it should. I think we are beginning to understand that. That because I'm a child of God, I'm not the product of my past, I'm the product of the cross of Jesus. I am not a victim but I'm a victor. The reason why people are angry, you see, when somebody's angry, it is because a need has not been met. If my need is threatened, my need to, to be recognized as somebody, if it is threatened, I'll get angry. But grace says that all of my needs are met where? In Christ Jesus. And so it says he has loved me with an everlasting love. If I know that I have the love of God, I can extend that love to you. I cannot give out what I don't have. If I know that I am loved of God and I've grasped the love of God, there is nothing you can do to offend me. Nothing you can do to offend me. You can call me all the names in the world, but I know who I am. If I don't know who I am, then I'm going to dance to that. But I know who I am. And I'll, I will hold on to that. Jesus knew what, who he was. He knew who he was. It's the Bible said he entrusted himself unto the Father because he knew who he was. So the issue, like my brother said, is still the identity issue. I don't know who I am. I still think I am that uh, victim who was victimized 300 years ago. I'm still carrying that mentality. And that is why Paul said, we should renew our mind. We should renew our mind to the truth of who we are as believers. That is the blood of Christ that 
joins us. And that sin will not have dominion over us. Sin does not have dominion over us. But you know we can choose to put ourselves